right, everybody, what's up? Welcome back to your friendly neighborhood podcast, YouTube channel, whatever you want to call it. Josh and Jason here tonight, and we're going to talk Spider-Man. Just Spider-Man movies, comics in general. Uh, it's around that time. Spider-Man No Way Home is almost out. Technically, Spider-Man from 2002 is kind of a Thanksgiving movie, and we're recording this around Thanksgiving, so it all works out. And that movie came out in 2002, dude. It's almost a 20, 20 year anniversary of the release of this of the very first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. Yep. And dude, I'm realizing I'm old. I mean, you guys always pick on me for being old. Well, at least Eric does. <laughs> but I didn't realize it's been next year is 20 years and yeah. we get the whole no way home. Maybe we'll see some Tobey Maguire Spider-Man in this movie. We don't know. At this point, it's just kind of like they got to show up. They, I mean, they it's, you know, Andrew Garfield's been very coy about all of it, but I mean, they can't talk about this shit. We know how Marvel works. You know, yeah. I, I just watched an interview with Haley Steinfeld, who's playing Hawkeye in the new series. Yeah. And she said when she got the part behind all these secret gates and underground parking and up, Wait, crazy back elevators. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, it was like full lockdown mode. I was like, this is crazy. Marvel does not fuck around. <laughs> it, it is like Avengers uh, hideout they, to get Marvel's into Marvel. Is, Marvel is S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. They are S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Kevin, and and help, Kevin Feige is Feige. fucking uh, Nick Fury. Nick Fury. <laughs> there you go. Somebody get that man an eye patch. Get this man a shield. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're talking about other movies. Well, I mean, yes. that, that should be said from the get-go. I mean, we are very... Uh, VHS Files started as nostalgia for the movies we loved as kids, the Goonies, shit like that. But, of course, you know, we grew up watching Spider-Man cartoons and the old Spider-Man TV shows and Spider-Man TV movies. And, you know, it should be said, much like the Halloween episode we did... Um, Jason and I are gigantic Spider-Man fans, um, and that comes from being gigantic Venom fans. You know, and and if Eric were here, unfortunately, he's not. He's celebrating with his family on the holiday. But you know, if he were here, Spider-Man's his favorite hero as well. So we have a lot of common, uh, you know, like nostalgia for this character. And, you know, there's no better time to talk about him than when he's hot. You know, the trailers are out. The movie's going to come out soon. So let's talk about some Spider-Man a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and the one thing we won't do, because there's tons of that, we're not going to do any speculation of what's going to really happen in the No Way Home thing. Because if you want that, there's a million other things to watch sure. right now. And I mean, people are picking, they're literally zooming in on parts of the movie, trying to figure out if this character was edited out and everything. And the cool thing let's just let's just be surprised let's go back to when we first saw this movie when you got just a cut and dry trailer you didn't know who was going to be in it and what to expect true and i'm getting to the point i don't want to see any more tv spots i don't want to rewatch the trailer anymore i just want december to get here and i want to watch the new spider-man i i think uh, i think hollywood kind of needs to follow suit in the ghostbusters afterlife sort of thing and i know you haven't seen it yet I and I, it, yeah. I, I did this past weekend and you know from someone who ghostbusters is just as important to me as something like spider-man is and yeah, love some ghostbusters. went and saw ghostbusters this weekend the trailer did not 
spoil anything for me. It was it was really not even anything like what the plot of the movie actually is. So follow in the footsteps of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Don't give your whole movie away in the trailer. People will be happier. I promise. <laughs> and people that's what and that's what I'm reading a lot of people are so mad like if the other two Spider-Man are in the movie, why edit them out? They're trying to give you something to go like you used to. Mm-hmm. I remember, like you said, you got one trailer for a movie back in the 80s and 90s. I remember when, when Batman came out, you had the one trailer and they talked about it on MTV and everywhere else. Yeah. Uh, but now everybody gets pissed when they don't see the people in the trailer. I'm like, that's the whole point of going to go see the movie, people. Mm-hmm. You want to, I want to be surprised. I want to see a character that, I, that the trailer gave me nothing about. And then you see them come out and you're jumping out of your fucking seat or you got, tears rolling down yep. because you were so excited. And that's where I think people are just getting away from that. And they just go enjoy the movie. Wait for it. Yeah. A few weeks away. Savor it when you get it, man. It's just one of those things. It's like, and that was one thing that was exciting about these movies when they came out. Uh, we, we, you know, at the time when the, the Spider-Man 2002 came out, I was not really aware of Sam Raimi and who he was and what he had directed and who he was in the Hollywood world. Um, I was just super excited that a fucking Spider-Man movie was coming to the theaters. Yeah. And, you know, that is one thing that's always been something of social commentary is like, who's playing these characters? Who would be the right actors to play these characters? Yeah. And obviously, you know, we age, we get older. So, so do these movies and the characters or the actors who played these characters in these movies that will age with these movies as they go on. Oh, so definitely. that's something I kind of want to get into in talking about these movies tonight is uh, we should say we primarily are focusing on the Raimi trilogy here tonight. Um, that is the thing I've seen the most. That's the thing I I was able to watch for doing this podcast. Um, and I, 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 I got a little bit into the amazing Spider-Man didn't get to watch amazing Spider-Man two. And I've watched all the recent Spider-Man pretty recently. So, uh, we can talk briefly on those if we want to, but yeah. primarily we're talking about the Raimi trilogy, the original trilogy. Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was a lot like Batman when Batman was first announced and people were talking about how, uh, Michael Keaton was going to be Batman and Jack Nicholson is the Joker. And it seems like concert, there's always this controversy around comic book movies and who they're casting for these heroes. And I remember yeah, that I was mean, a th- that was a thing with with these movies was who who were they going to get to to play Spider Man? Yeah, I mean it's like I remember back in the day. I remember people just talking about Michael Keaton's going to be Batman. Mister Mom is Batman. Yep. And then now today with all the Batman movies you have, what does everybody say? Michael Keaton's my Batman. That's right. And, and I mean, I'm like, there you go. So it even spills over into the Nolan trilogy for Batman. It was you know. You know, I, I I didn't really jump on the bandwagon when that one started with Batman Begins. I kind of came to it a little later. But then when The Dark Knight was announced, you know, Heath Ledger's playing the Joker. <laughs> that that indie actor guy? I don't know. He's no yeah, Joker. Yeah, the Knight's Tale guy? Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, that guy is going to be the Joker. And then what does everybody say? He's, He's the best. Joker. He's. I mean. He, he won an Academy Award for it. Yep. I mean, after he died. So rest in peace. Yes. Sorry about that. He, People just need to stop hopping on this thing of like, oh my god, this is horrible. From what all they've done, uh, I mean, I know we're getting off way off the Spider-Man thing, but even we got a new Batman movie with Robert Patterson coming out, and people are saying the Twilight guy, but this guy has made some good movies right. after that. He's a he is a decent actor. Yes, and you know uh, these movies even have a little bit of that nostalgia tie to them, where you know recently we had talked about. Um, 
Halloween three in our in our Halloween first to worst uh, episode. I'll link to that up here. Um, you know how we kind of just it was the redheaded stepchild that we pushed away. We didn't want anything to do with Halloween three because it didn't have anything to do with Michael Myers and and all of that jazz. Um, I kind of feel like. We were put in the same boat with Amazing Spider-Man when they recast with Andrew Garfield and yeah. started a brand new story, started the whole thing over. I remember being very distraught over the fact that they were already rebooting Spider-Man. What, and was it not even 10 years? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was a very short period of time between Amazing or between Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man. Not even 10 years. Uh, Spider-Man 3, 2007, Amazing Spider-Man 2012. So six years, somewhere around there, six or seven years. Well, 2012, in 10 years, you had two Spider-Man, two separate sets of movies started. Because 2002, 2012. So I will go and ahead. Now, and we got a, now we have our third. Right. <laughs> and I will go ahead and say, like, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies came with that baggage for me. I was a very a big, I was a very big fan of Sam Raimi's trilogy. I wanted that trilogy to continue. Do I have problems with where that trilogy ended? Abso-fucking-lutely, I do. I think most of the people in the world do, especially if you're Venom fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like me. We will get into that coming up, but we're not going to start there because that could lead into a very deep, dark conversation. Hollywood, if you're watching, we have, if you want to do like a, a, a Raimi, like re-edit of part three, we have ideas. We're, we're making we're making our stance as future screenwriters. We have ideas, people. <laughs> we want our ideas to be on film. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with what they're doing with the Spider-Verse and the multiverse and all of this that they're doing in the MCU now. No. It's a possibility. I mean, never say never. And the reason we're getting into that is because we had the animated movie uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Mm -hmm. And what happened in that. Yep. And then they're they're talking about it, tying into other movies because Sony, Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. uh, they loan him out, basically, to the MCU. And next thing you know, then we got all of our shows happening with WandaVision and Loki and this multiverse thing happening, which we saw in the trailer. So you're like, I mean, could we get Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, maybe the animated Spider-Man showing up? We don't know. Could Peter Porker show up? I don't know. I hope so. I so hope so. I want the Spider-Ham. Do you see Spider-Ham Spider show up? My name is Peter Porker. Would be so awesome. Um, But I mean, we should talk about, you know, that sort of stuff. Like, you know, Spider-Man in the comics is a vast, vast landscape of possibilities. Uh, they have done so many different storylines, so many different versions of Spider-Man, and there's all kinds of different ways you can go with this. And they've done such a great job of, you know, taking comic books and making them live action. It's like when you watch these movies now, you're watching a comic book on screen. And that's really where it's going with all this multiverse stuff. And if you've read comics, if you're familiar with comic books, you know that you know you can start reading one comic in the Spider-Man line. And that story will continue in the Hawkeye line. And then Hawkeye will cross over into Iron Man. And they knew what they were doing from the get-go here. And oh, yeah. and it's so, it's so just it, you know, the fact that they're able to take that and go, oh, we're going to do that with these movies now. We're going to pull from Sam Raimi's trilogy. We're going to pull from Mark Webb's Amazing Spider-Man uh, and throw it all in here together. It's 
it, it potentially could be a giant mess. There's always the potential for that. Yep, we, we've already had two of those at least. Right. In the Spider-Man movies where too many people in movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm that's <laughs> the biggest, you know, as much as people want this character and, and that character. And we need all of this stuff to happen. Do we? Is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? We've seen where where over oversaturating your movie can take you within within this franchise. And honestly, like it starts from the get go with the, the, the Sam Raimi trilogy, because there's an awful lot of characters they introduce in this first movie mm-hmm. and the potential to go all kinds of different places. Do you remember when this movie came out? Do you remember seeing it? Do you remember how excited you were when you saw it? Oh, yeah. I was living in Panama City. It was one of those back in the day, no reserved seating in the theaters there. You had to go wait in line. Oh, yeah. And it was get off work, go home, change clothes, and go stand in line. And you were in a long line. And I remember just waiting. I Dude, I mean, like, chewing my fingers. I mean, I love Sam uh, Raimi because I love, like, the Evil Dead series, Army of Darkness, mm-hmm. Dark Man, all those movies. And I'm like, this guy's doing a Spider-Man movie? I'm like, how's this going to work? I mean, he's a horror action guy kind of sense, but more horror comedy right. horror which we get some of that in spider-man too oh for sure we great do great <laughs> scenes that's one of my favorite scenes out of all three of the, his movies but uh i mean i was just waiting for uh ash to show up as a doctor mm. in there Groovy. So. well he kind of does sort of kind of sort of <laughs> i think i saw it two or three times in the theater Easily. yeah i don't remember I, I had to have gone to the theater to see it but i don't remember the experience but i you know i do remember even back then you know uh, in 2002 all the speculation about who was going to play spider-man and then when they, when they cast toby mcguire you know i don't think he had really done a ton of stuff that was just nothing really mainstream at that point um i think he had done like cider house rules and like wonder boys movies like that was um, possible before or after this Pleasantville, I think, might have been before. I'm not sure. Uh, the main reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is because I remember a lot of talk about Wes Bentley as Peter Parker, the kid oh, from American Beauty with the video camera. Oh, yeah, and now he's on that show Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he didn't really end up in the limelight. I remember he was a you know, big up-and-coming star, especially after American Beauty in 99. And uh, I, I, he was like top of the list for Spider-Man. And I was like, oh, I think he might be good. I mean, he does kind of, he sort of looks like Peter Parker, emo Peter Parker in Spider-Man 3. I was going to say, he would have been perfect for Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, Toby, Toby McGuire had done Pleasantville just before this in 98. He had did Cider House Rules in 99, Wonder oh, okay. Boys in 2000. So he was coming up as you know more indie sort of stuff. He had a small part in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and I love him in that. <laughs> Is that right? Well, I guess you're about ready then, aren't you? Were you friends? <laughs> Why did you stop here? <laughs> me and Josh love that movie too. Oh I, yeah. Josh, oh, yeah. Josh got me into the uh, fear and loathing and uh, I, that's one of my favorite movies now. But how do, uh, just, how do we, you know, uh, we saw Spider-Man back then. And how do we feel about it? Obviously we, we liked it a lot, but t- you know, do you remember what your reaction was to this? Uh, what you thought about it after you saw it? Oh, I was totally ecstatic. I mean, me growing up my whole life, I mean, I've been in the comic book since I was a kid. I get to see Spider-Man swing mm-hmm. through the city on the big screen. I get to see the suit. They make the suit 
the uh the old the wrestling part mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff and the progression you get to see aunt may and uncle ben and norman osborne and mj and you're like oh my god I finally get to see this. They even give us Flash Thompson in this movie. Flash Thompson. (laughs) A young, very, very young Joe Manganiello is Flash Thompson. And where does he go? But I, and you know what? I'm going to say this and people, he's still my favorite Flash Thompson. Uh, I don't like the ones in the new uh, MCU. I don't like, because that is not comic book accurate Flash Thompson. And, Sorry, and I, I have my feelings on that as well. I love the actor that plays Flash Thompson in the new movies. Um, oh yeah, I think he's good. I but just... you know, for that character, I don't think he's the right fit. Um, I'll be completely honest. I I, I watched Amazing Spider-Man most of I like it last that night. One. I do I, like him. I like Flash in that movie, and um, I, you know, I don't want to give too much away right here at the beginning but i have different feelings about the amazing spider-man now now oh yeah oh oh do we have a change of heart uh, we'll find <laughs> out in a little while <laughs> but uh yeah i mean because again flash we know the story of the childhood bully blah 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 mm-hmm. but later on he becomes agent venom mm-hmm. so that's what i'm looking at me being a venom fan the guy that they have now can never be flash thompson agent venom I wouldn't say uh, I wouldn't say never. I mean, no. If he is, I'm I'm totally upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, you're fucking with my Venom characters, and I just don't think that's good casting. I remember being very happy with with seeing this the first time. I mean, yeah, we're coming from a, a childhood where the only Spider-Man we saw was in the cartoons or the '70s TV show and the '70s TV movie, where you know <laughs> you can't do a whole lot with a live-action character like they they can in 2002. So I mean, we're really getting into the age where they're actually able to do these things. They're able to, to depict what we see in comic books in the movies now, um, with CGI and the way it was developing now. Um, as I touched on a little earlier, it's aged a little bit now. Watching these movies now, yeah. it's yeah. You go back. Two thousand two did age. I think part two holds up a lot better as far as the CGI and the look. Yeah, uh, I, and and I'll say even as a story, and I don't think this is uncommon. I think most people probably regard it this way, but I think Spider Man Two is a much better movie than the first one. Uh, I mean, per the the consensus. For the longest time, it was the perfect superhero right. movie. And I mean, I, we got and I, that, this is pre-Marvel and even uh, pre-MCU movies. But even then, a lot of times, and critics and comic book fans compare, they go back and compare these movies to Spider-Man Two. How does it rate against Spider-Man Two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story, the look. The I mean, man, there's some great acting in that movie. A lot of ups and downs, emotion, great story, all that stuff in one movie yeah and i mean and they um tap into the uh spider-man no more story they did a great job yeah oh and and, and even even in saying that you know i i still think spider-man 2 has some some issues i think it's got some pacing issues um some of the acting is not great all these years later um but i think one thing that the first spider-man kind of suffered from a little bit was it felt a lot like Tim Burton's Batman in a lot of ways is because of Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman's score. Danny Elfman's score makes it feel like there's an overlay of Batman mm-hmm. over top of Spider-Man. 
because I love Danny Elfman. Dude, who doesn't love Danny Elfman scores uh, everything he's ever done for any movie. But there's some definitely times with like the trumpet music and the horns. Mm -hmm. You're like, God, just three or four note changes. And that's the freaking thing from Batman. Yeah. I mean, the opening title sequence (laughs) is, is, is a big, like, I remember turning the movie on the other day, Jenny and I watched it and yeah, I was like, wow, this score sounds a lot like the Batman score. And even the, even the credit sequence with the spider stuff and how it comes in and very comic book feel to it, but still like it's, it's different than Batman, but it feels a lot the same then. And now how do we feel about Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane? I think I liked her in part one, part two, okay by part three i'm over it her just her acting in the movies uh part one i thought she was great redhead and back then i thought kirsten dunst was super hot and in the comic (laughs) books mary jane is super hot yeah i mean every guy who loves spider-man wanted to date or marry a redhead at that point and for (laughs) her to call him tiger go get him tiger right so i mean that's what you want so when i see kirsten dunst in this movie i'm like oh my gosh she's so beautiful uh, I thought they did great casting in it. As far as her acting, it's okay. This it's a comic book movie, so that's where we got to take this. And it's an early two thousands comic. We're not talking about MCU quality super drama with a little bit of comedy. Well, I mean, uh, there. I will say there. It feels like there's a lot of drama in, in all these movies. Um, well, yeah, but I'm just talking about the way her acting in this in yeah. these three films. It starts great. It slowly tapers off. But I also think even though she's the the main part of the story that's his focus spider-man through all three movies her importance in to me just keeps dropping through yeah. the whole, all the whole trilogy so yeah i mean i remember being very excited by her being cast as mary jane and i remember liking her in the part whenever whenever this oh, first yeah. came out uh watching it now and you know i i've been a big defender of her over the years i you know i would always say that you can't touch Raimi's trilogy it's always going to be my favorite um We'll see if that's changed by the end of this episode, but I do, I do have issues with her now. Um, her, her acting in these movies is very, it's very just like, ah, like it's very, you know, flamboyant and she's very, she's putting it on a lot in these movies, Mm -hmm. especially in this first movie. Um, this, the first movie feels a lot like a comic book movie. I mean, it it take, it it takes comic book beats for sure. Oh, and that's why I liked it. Like I said, it was like watch, watching what you had read. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt. I mean, Sam Raimi did a great job of from page to screen and comic book page to screen. And that's why I love the movie. Like I said, I mean, it, you got your characters. I mean, even uh, Norman Osborn played by mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe, which that man can play any damn character. He's, he's honestly he's, the best part of the first movie. I mean, dude, it, and I'm looking forward to him showing up in no way home yeah dude i want to see someone i i miss willem dafoe yeah i miss that man <laughs> i loved him in boondock saints don't get me started about that movie too but uh and all the other films he's ever done and dc take note cast that man as old man joker dude. because you're missing out yeah so <laughs> you gotta let want- him be the joker fighting old batman batfleck if you're gonna keep ben affleck in the dc <laughs> universe well you know we got michael keaton batman coming back up in the flashpoint movie so you never know you might get some uh, old joker with some willem dafoe don't 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 count it out this day and age if the internet wants it enough they're gonna fucking get it 
There you go. Yeah, we're I'm writing a petition right now. Let's get 5,000 signatures. It doesn't matter. Hollywood right. does what they want. But uh yeah, I mean to finally see that like I said all these characters come to life, you know. Uh I mean the I had problems. That's my problem with this movie was the Green Goblin outfit. Yeah. Uh the cuz I mean back in the comic book days it was like a rubber type mask. It moved with his face. It had facial expression. Mm-hmm. Uh I can understand in 2002 maybe CGI not a but man you could have done probably some really awesome you know practical makeup effects because makeup effects back at by then i mean tom savini was fantabulous in getting all these great movies at this point i really think they could have done more of a prosthetic type green goblin mask instead of just the shield but i do like the shield but that was if you were talking about watching the movie the first time and walking away that was the one thing in 2002 I was like, man, I think they could have done a better job with the Green Goblin. Yeah, I, I will say uh, Willem Dafoe no, as Norman Osborn is what's working perfect. the best here. Yeah. What do you want? To say what you won't. To do what you can't. To remove those in your way. Perfect. Um, yeah, I remember not caring for the, the Green Goblin outfit, but I noticed watching it this time, and I don't know if this is something they've they've done to different releases over the years or if it was like this in the movies and I never noticed it before, but I've noticed a lot when he's framed in shots, you'll see his face and it'll be the green, and then the, 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 the part that goes back, kind of like the Xenomorph head sort of style. <laughs> Here we uh, talk about Xenomorphs again. <laughs> but th- it has like a purple hue to it, and he always had the purple, the, the purple like Santa hat that he wore as the Green Goblin. You know, like yeah. it, he was green and purple in the comics. And I noticed a lot of this like purple hue to his suit. So it was mainly green, but when he was in the shadows, it reflected a lot of purple. And I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. And watching it this time, I can see what they were trying to do there. But yeah, I mean, it, it didn't look like classic Green Goblin. I think if they do a, a, an updated Green Goblin in the newer movies, it'd probably be a lot better. I actually enjoyed the parts when he's talking and he flips the yellow eyes up. Yeah. You see his face like a little bit through, like you see his teeth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Willem Dafoe is a great actor and you just see him snarling with that teeth. Like when he's talking yeah. to you, you know, like this and you can see the expression in his eye. He actually looks, I think I get more emotion out of with the eyes up and seeing his mouth through the little opening there than mm-hmm. I do with it all closed. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, and, and, and Thank God Sam Raimi actually used him in the close-up shots of that because you can tell it is Willem Dafoe with the mask on. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. And and in most days, you know, and nowadays, most of the time, you're going to get people that are having this mask on. It's just a it's just a stuntman Stunt in guy. the suit. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, the what, actor's like, I don't want to be in that damn thing for yeah. 15 hours today. Uh, I want to see how good you uh, did your homework out of the three. Which one was the highest grossing? Mm, I feel like part three probably grossed higher because there was a lot of excitement around it. You're correct. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Josh it, wins. It, it's, it's one of those things where like, it's like now, I mean, the, the, the more movies you release in a, in a, in a, in a series, the, the higher the box office usually go, the more excitement there is. And I remember the fact that fucking Venom was going to be in Spider-Man three was so fucking exciting. And that was the hype that surrounded that movie and yeah. people flocked in, in droves to the fucking theater to see that movie. And Sam Raimi did not want him in the movie. He wanted uh, Ben Kingsley's vulture. 
as one of the other villains in it. I I could have dug with that. I have my ideas about how we could have done better with the Sam Raimi trilogy. Yeah, we had these conversations, and that's one reason why you guys get to see us on the VHS files here because of me and Josh having hours long conversations on the phone about how these movies could have been different. And the one movie we go back to the most is Spider-Man three. Before we get into three, I kind of want to touch on two a little bit because yeah, two... let's talk about the other ones. We'll, we'll get to Hollywood's uh, I'm waiting for the phone to start ringing while we're <laughs> putting that out. And I go, those guys are right, man. We need to go back and do some, we're, we're going to remake it all over again. And, and you know, the first one is, you know, I walked out of the theater happy. I had some minor complaints about certain things, but overall, great. I have a Spider-Man movie. This is the best thing in the fucking world. And then, so it was instant just anticipation for Spider-Man 2. And then knowing and finding out, oh, Doc Ock's going to be the villain. This is going to be fucking great. Who's going to play Doc Ock? I remember for a long time, we were like, you know who'd be a good Dr. Octopus? Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen you think about it? <laughs> Yes. He the, looks the, just, he looks just like like especially back in 2000 2004 or whatever we like big glasses. Yeah, like he looks just like Otto Octavius would have looked in the comics then. Just so, give him a bowl haircut. That's yeah. all he needed was the bowl haircut. He was done. <laughs> you know, we got we got Alfred Molina and I think he's great as Doc Ock. I know why I love this damn movie and a lot of it has to do with Alfred Molina's character yeah. and him. Dude, hey. he's a great dude, he carries that that torn doctor between wanting to help humanity but his genius and then of course the the ai of the tentacles and stuff mm -hmm. like that the inner turmoil with him fighting i mean there's even a scene where he's talking this is after he escapes from the hospital mm -hmm. and he's talking he looks and then they turn and you, he looks totally different, like split personality yeah. and he does it so good and Dude, and, and that's really kind of like that is sort of the main theme with a lot of the villains in Spider-Man's universe is it's this split personality and, you know, one half of his brain is good. One half of his brain is thinking bad. And you see that with, with Willem Dafoe and Norman Osborn. And then you get it here with Alfred Molina. We also get that in the third movie. We'll get to it. Um, it's always these conflicted characters, characters that could be good, but they're bad, you know? Well, honestly, it's funny in the first two movies the his main villains are the two people he looked up to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he loved Norman Osborn for his genius and everything he was doing at Oscorp would have loved to work there. But like I said, he wanted to do it on his own, mm -hmm. make his own way. Uh, totally uh, dumbfounded when he gets to meet uh, Otto Octavius because he idolized that guy and ends up being his villain. I mean, even through the comic books, that's two of his main villains through the comic book series. Is yeah. Doc Ock and Green Goblin. I mean, Green Goblin is Spider-Man's Joker to the Batman. Mm -hmm. I mean, later, I think Venom kind of took that away from Green Goblin, even though Green Goblin's always been there. Yeah. And a lot of people say that's his original, but I was like, I think Venom kind of took the Goblin and said, here, you can I mean, so much so that in recent years, they've kind of crossed Green Goblin over into the Carnage and Venom territory. And yeah, we got Red, Red Goblin. Goblin. So, well, I mean, that's the thing, like I said, I like about the Doc Ock character. Uh, the interaction with him and his wife at the beginning of the movie yeah. before they do the experiment and everything. And he loves his wife. Yeah. And that man, I mean, you know it, the way he just talks to her, looks at her. And then you think when the accident happens in the lab, uh, that's a definite uh, Sam Raimi evil dead thing when the glass is flying at her face and you see it. She, you don't get to see it go in, but you know what happens. Yeah. And you got between that and then 
the tentacles taking over and him realizing, you know, like you said, he mentioned it while he was doing it. And, you know, the power of the sun in my hands, mm-hmm. you know, again, that's genius is hard to control, especially when you're that smart. Right. And it drives you to do things that you think are great and are not AK Tony Stark, Iron Man. That's how we got uh, Ultron. AKA, t- AKA the fly, which is a movie yeah. we talked about recently linked up here. Go check it out. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying sometimes <laughs> you think you're doing a great thing, but you're not, you're making things worse. Yeah. Steve Rogers said that how many times <laughs> Iron Man in MCU movies, but so. the scene where he officially becomes doc Ock is so fucking evil dead. It's not even funny. Dude, I rewound that twice. Yeah, because I, I I mean I remember that scene and then I was like I'll go to watch it. okay let's watch it again <laughs> because it is army it's Evil Dead but a lot of Army of Darkness yeah. uh right there and man that is we get the super close ups with the angle turn screens yep I love total Evil Dead Army of Darkness I love the homage to the chainsaw whenever that chainsaw is on screen I was like ah let's see what you're doing there and I like it <laughs> dude I remember seeing that movie for the first time. And you're like trying to figure out what's going on, and you've seen everything, and I know you did because you love the Evil Dead and Army Darkness. Film. Honestly, that's the thing. I I I, did, I wasn't really too up to par on Evil Dead at this point, so I don't think I would have made that connection watching the movie when I originally oh. saw it. But watching well, it now and seeing Evil Dead as many times as I have, oh for oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> dude. I mean, all of it. I like I said, the framing of the shot. I love. He always does the the zoom in where angle turns like uh-huh. this up in your face and then the girl getting drugged across the floor and her fingernails digging up the tile as she's getting drugged in the, the pure darkness and then the, when the guy's pinned against the wall and then it's like you get the immediate chainsaw yeah <laughs> <laughs> total ash moment right there but you know this movie also does the job of setting up a lot of secondary characters again we got a lot of that in the first movie you get the introduction to Kurt Connors in this movie who eventually becomes the lizard you Another get, guy he looks up to becomes a villain. Yeah. And then you've also got the introduction of uh, J. Jonah Jameson's son. Uh, what's his name? Uh, is he? Oh, he's, is he he's Jonah Jr.? Jonah, yeah. I think he's, he's like a third or a fourth or something like that. I can't hold on. Yeah, he's a third. But the thing about him, a lot of people don't realize that's Man Wolf in the comics. They've done a lot of groundwork here, and that's the stuff that's really impressive and kind of sets the archetype for this to be a great superhero movie. It's is it's, it's introducing stuff in the background that if you're not a comic book fan, you're not really playing into. But if you are a comic book fan, you're like, I know where they're going here. Part three is where they lost it. They did such a good job of setting up these characters. And if they would have done it the right way, we, we could quite possibly still be seeing Spider-Man movies from Sam Raimi today. Well, no, we wouldn't have just Spider-Man because the original plan was that and then spinoffs into Venom and then Carnage. They had it all laid out with Raimi at the helm doing these movies. And Spider-Man 3 fucked it up. <laughs> and honestly, I think I think this is where the internet started to come into play a lot and started to almost, well, not almost, kind of ruined some movies for people. We are big Venom fans. There's no ifs, ands, or buts there. We would love to see Venom in a movie and see it done right. Has it happened yet? Jerry's still kind of out on that. But to announce the fact that you're going to put Venom in a movie for people who are fans of that character and do 
the unforgivable act of putting him in this movie for 15 fucking minutes yeah is ridiculous not only that they they didn't even get the suit right i can forgive the suit and i'm not even forgiving it in the tom hardy movies somebody just do the fucking suit the way it's supposed to be honestly (laughs) i would take spider-man 3 venom suit over the tom hardy one any day of the week Nah, i don't know about that it actually has the fucking spider emblem on it. That's, That's the thing. But uh, my problem with uh, Topher Grace, Mr. Eric from the 70s show, which that's a casting that I was like, that's not going to be good. And I was correct. I I disagree with you. I don't like him as Eddie Brock. I think he is a better Eddie Brock than Tom Hardy. And I'll die on that hill. I don't know. I, I still think Tom Hardy's a better Eddie I Brock. I think, I think that... And, and, we're not going to get into the Venom movies because that's a whole different story. <laughs> We're going to be here. This is going to be a six-hour VHS Files. People, sit the fuck down, get you a plate of food and something to drink. We're going to be here a while. I feel <laughs> like the character of Eddie Brock is more is more like the character of Eddie Brock from the comics in Spider-Man 3. He may not look the part, but he has that 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 just like, I'm better than everybody sort of feel. He like I I feel like Topher Grace did what he could with the part he had in that, mm-hmm. and watching it now, I don't think he's the reason this movie is bad. I, I I I don't think I don't think he's a bad I don't think he's a bad Eddie Brock. No, I would say I don't hate him. I still like my Tom Hardy Eddie Brock better now. Do I like I said I have problems with these Venom movies when we won't get that far into there, but my problem is the one thing I do like about those movies is they made him look more like Venom from the comics because in the comics, he's fucking huge. He's not the same size as Spider-Man. Dude, he's like four foot taller than Spider-Man and he's covered in muscles. All they did was just Topher Grace and just put the black suit on. He may put a little padding under it to make him look bulked up. They beefed that's, up They beefed up the suit on him a bit. Yeah, that's what I said. They put some muscle padding under it. That's about it. But I, it's just, that's where I had problems with it. And his overall look with the way of the face and when he's ven- when he's Venom, now, there's a shot in that movie when they're at the end with the Sandman fight going on and he's talking to Spider-Man. The close-up shot where you can see the tentacles of the suit moving on his face, mm-hmm. that's a great shot. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, I, I liked the partial Venom face because he's got the sharp teeth. Like, half of his teeth got points on him. Mm-hmm. The crawling uh, suit on his face. I was like, that would have been better. I would have liked to have seen more of that. I just think if they would have bulked him up a little bit. And just give me a white Spider-Man emblem, please. <laughs> that's all I want, people. Hollywood, listen. And I, that's what all of us Venom people want. We just want a white v- Spider-Man logo on Venom, please. I actually take more issue with the black suit Spider-Man in this movie than I do with the way they did Venom. Like because it. black suit spider-man is one of my favorite spider-man <laughs> black suit spider-man is is great and i feel like it would have worked much better with just the smooth suit yes the thing is is we're talking about technical shit here i don't know if that would have worked too well for the cgi and everything they had to do back then yeah you you have to have texture to that suit to make it look good or else i think we would probably really really be complaining that it looks cartoony Maybe so. And I, I know what they were trying to get. They were trying to make Venom is just the alternate Spider-Man. Like right. If you were to put them, you have regular Spider-Man, you have negative Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did, basically. Let's just turn the suit black because it makes him look evil. 
and we'll just do it that way. And that's what they were going with. And then when Eddie gets it, it's still kind of the same thing. So it, all it is, they just took the suit and made it bigger and made Eddie look like Venom. Uh, the, now, the one thing I do like about it is that they stuck to the comics with the bell tower scene and mm-hmm. how Eddie finds the suit. I was ecstatic about that when I first saw the movie. I mean, I can... The trailer hype for this movie was... I mean, that's why this movie made the money it did. The fucking trailer hype is where this movie just lost it on everybody. Like, you you gave us that little hint of Venom in the trailer, and it was like, oh, shit, going to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just so sad that it's such a letdown when you get there. Um, you know, I went to the theater and saw it three times. <laughs> I mean, I think... I, I remember that. Three I times. honestly think we're tr- we were trying to force ourselves into thinking it was a good movie when it wasn't I wanna a good like movie. I want to like this movie. It's got Venom in it. I want to like it. I, and you're like force feeding it in your mouth. Like, I'm, I'm going to eat all the Subway sandwich. I should only eat six inches of it. And But no. You know, I, there's good things here. Um, but let's talk about a couple of the bad things here. Um, well, hey, before we go to the bad things, I want uh, since we're talking about some okay things, the a lot of people had a problems with this, but I thought was awesome is the transformation of Flint Marco into Sandman when he falls into the pit. The CGI and the sand transformation in that. Like when he turns into Sandman with the disappearing face mm-hmm. where he's getting blown away into the sand and then him becoming Sandman. That is, dude, that's great. It was it was great then. It doesn't hold up too well uh, now. But I, I, I'm i going from what I saw then, dude. That yeah. was, I mean, we're we're comparing 2007 to 2021 now and the shit we see in MCU movies. Yeah. But back then, dude, you're just like, holy shit, that looks real. Like it looks like sand. Yeah. And that I love that I had that in my notes too because that's one of the scenes in that movie that just got me. And it's kind of emotional too because like the reason he's a bad guy is he's got a sick daughter. He's mm-hmm. trying to take care of her again, a tormented person trying to do good but is bad. And it's just, dude, I I I feel bad for Sandman through the whole movie because that's the only reason he's doing it. I do. Uh, here's the thing: does does Sandman even need to be in this movie? Well, see, this is the thing. I think you could have had Sandman, and that's what Sam Raimi wanted. He wanted Sandman, I think, as the primary thing, but then he also wanted to close out Harry's story. Uh, and then they were talking about bringing the Vulture in at the end of this movie or something like that, and then having him in part four. Uh, Sam Raimi had no ideas of wanting Venom in these movies. That was Sony. The internet, was the internet Sony. was like, we want Venom. We want Venom. See people. It ruins movies. Sometimes when you just bitch and bitch and bitch about wanting something, yeah. you get shit like this. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, shit hap- that shit happens. But, uh, yeah, well, let's move on to what Josh was talking about. Some really bad things. I don't like James Franco in this movie. I don't like the, the Harry storyline. I don't need it. I understand what they did and why it's important in the end of the movie because Spider-Man needs help. Everybody needs help sometimes, Peter. Even Spider-Man. But it it's not satisfying and the whole torment over his dad's death, it's cleaned up very poorly with the with the butler. The blade that pierced his body came from his glider. It's like, bitch, you couldn't have said that a a year ago. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, I could have got over it. Like, oh damn, my dad fucked up. He was a yeah. crazed Green Goblin guy. He yeah. got killed. Spider Man had nothing to do with. It. He was trying to save us from a guy that had split personalities, trying to kill everybody with pumpkin bombs. Right. So. Um, we get the introduction of Gwen Stacy in this movie, played yeah. by a young Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, don't nice. like her at all. I don't like her. I just like to look at her. That's it. Even though I prefer her as a redhead. <laughs> in real life <laughs> i think her being put in this movie is is forced much like i think sandman is forced into this movie i don't think this is one thing i wanted to ask you i don't know if you know or not but were, were eddie and brock eddie brock and gwen stacy a thing in the comics at any point or is this just something they manufactured no, for this in the movie comic books, gwen stacy died a long time ago dude yeah. talking back way back in the spider-man we didn't get uh um, like Eddie and Venom stuff until like the late eighties. Yeah. So, so he, like, I, I believe Gwen Stacy was like the first love interest. Then he moved on to Mary Jane. So like they're doing Gwen this Stacy first and then Mary Jane. So they're doing this all out of order. So there you go. Like you, you like, I like the introduction of Eddie Brock here. And this is where I'm going to begin where these movies fucked up. Okay. <laughs> Spider-Man 2, we've already talked about how they did a great job of introducing characters that are going to play big parts moving forward in these stories. Kurt Connors. You could have started to develop Kurt Connors a little bit more in Spider-Man 2 or even give us give us what you gave us in Spider-Man 2. He's a big part of what, what moves Peter along in that movie. You also introduce Jonah Jameson's son as the astronaut. So, why didn't Spider-Man 2 end... With Jonah Jameson's son going off into space. Yeah. And then part three starts with a crash, much like the beginning of the Venom film. Yeah. We were, you know, we've got distraught J. Jonah Jameson's son coming back from space and brings a symbiote back with him. I hate that the symbiote in Spider-Man 3 just falls out of space and there's no explanation for it. Yeah, when, they had a meteor shower going on. This just happened to fall to Earth that day. When you had the perfect story setup, starting they, in that in the second movie, yeah, and they did that in the '90s Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. That's how the symbiote came in. J. John Jameson's son went to space. He brought it back with him. Now, if we want to get really technical, I could be offended that they didn't go and do the whole Secret Wars thing and introduce the black suit the way they should have. But that's Dude, none. We, one day we're going to get Secret Wars. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. And it needs to happen quick. That's one of the best stories Marvel ever told. So I think it might be possible in the next few years, but we'll see. I think it's kind of what they're going through. Didn't the Russo brothers throw that out there? Is that 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 would be a story they would come back for? Yeah, yeah. To set up Secret Wars. But you know, the structure of the story it it, it, it seems, and I'm sure this was the case that Spider-Man Three was rushed into production. I'm sure the script was rushed. And they just had to, you know, had to cram these characters in the best they could. Okay, I'm not a big fan of the Sandman storyline here, but let's just say, for fuck's sake, make Sandman your main character. Develop Kirk Connors or make Kirk Connors your villain in part three. They already set him up in the second one. Why'd you need to bring a whole brand new character in with Sandman? You could have went into yeah. the Kirk Connors storyline. Why waste the whole character? I mean, you had him there, like you said, you had Sandman there, and they tried, and they the way they did Sandman was tie him into uh, Uncle Ben getting killed, he which is there. not which is not canon. No, 
It's it, but it's comic books. You know how many times yeah. have everybody's origin been redone? And that's the thing. I like mean, that just feels so lazy writing, man. It's like, oh, we need a way to get him into this movie. Well, let's retcon him into Uncle Ben's death. It just it's really sloppy and doesn't work for me. I do like that was I mean, Thomas Hayden Church. Uh-huh. He looks like the same man from the comic. Oh book, yeah. So. Oh yeah. I will give the, the shirt, everything. When he goes back to that, uh, his apartment to see his daughter and he puts a shirt on, I'm like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. He's same man. Yeah. I'm, I'm not complaining about Thomas Hayden church. I'm not complaining about the design of the character. All that stuff is great. I mean, I don't have a problem with any of that. I just don't feel like it was the right villain or the right story to put in this movie. When you'd already set up some stuff that was solid, something that could have worked. And your opinions of, of Topher Grace's side, I love bringing Eddie Brock into this movie. With I love bringing him in as a foe to Peter Parker. That whole storyline of him you know, manufacturing pictures to try and get one up over Peter and get into the Daily Bugle. That stuff works great. And whether you like Topher Grace or not, like that's the story that leads us to Venom eventually. And yeah, I mean, because in the comics, he was writing a story about, I think it was about the Sin Eater, mm-hmm. and it was all falsified. Peter brought that out, and that's why he hated Peter. And, and then the and, suit hating Peter for getting rid of it, mm-hmm. so you had the mutual hatred, so it brings them together. So. So, so, you know, set that up in this movie. Give me that. You honestly, you could have given me the trailer hype. You could have showed me that trailer of that little peak of Venom, and I would have been very excited. And when I saw the movie... If you would have done it right and given me the venom that I would have wanted out of this movie, I probably would have been pissed, but overall would have been happier. And let me explain. Oh, here we go. This is the this is the years of conversation, people. Right here. <laughs> you set up Kurt Connors, or you give me Sandman, or you give me the Harry storyline. Give me that villain as your primary villain and set up Eddie just the way they do for the majority of this movie. But give me my final battle on top of that church in the bell tower of Spider-Man trying to get rid of the suit because he realizes it's not good. Fighting his foe, getting the best of them, finishing all that up and losing the suit. And lo and behold, at the bottom of this bell tower is Eddie Brock. Just like the story in the comic, the suit goes to Eddie and we see Eddie become Venom cut to fucking black. And our next movie moves on with the Venom storyline. Oh, it'd been a great, you know, he, he, you see the face and then the, the symbiote shoots out onto the screen. Yeah. Blacks it all out. And then you see the Venom logo. Mm-hmm. And then it shuts out. And then you talk Spider-Man about, 4. You talk about <laughs> people would have been standing up fucking screaming in the theater, dude. They probably would have been pissed at first. But they would have had something to look forward to. Actually, no, that would have been better. Nothing about Venom in the trailer. It's just you get to see Spider-Man in a black suit. So the whole entire time, you're thinking the story is going to happen. Yeah. The whole entire time. And we get, he, he fights off the lizard if we did Doc Connor's story or Sandman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's done. He's had to do all this stuff. Maybe one of them died. Mm-hmm. Maybe he actually killed the lizard or Sandman. And Spider-Man doesn't like to do that. And he's realizing the suit made him do it. He's in the bell tower. He knows that the sound makes it it hurts it it gets mm-hmm. away and it, he's done he crawls away from it and the suit goes dormant and then you're just like eddie's not even there and we cut to spider-man going home he's going back to mj or whatever and then you have eddie going to church because he was a church goer he was a, mm-hmm. he was a good catholic 
schoolboy. And I love that they shirt. even set that up it. here. I mean, even Peter tells him, find, find religion. You know, they, they, yeah. they get, there's great storytelling and character setups here, but the overall story is garbage. Yeah. It's too many characters. Venom teaming up with Sandman. The big, huge fight with Sandman and Venom and uh, Harry shows up. I mean, now the CGI and that's all that with the big, huge Sandman monster and Venom and the spider webs and all that shit. That's pretty cool shit for mm-hmm. 2007. I mean, I was in awe of that. I mean, but like you said, it was, I force fed it to myself because I want to like this movie. Mm-hmm. It has my favorite character. I mean, I love Spider-Man. Venom is my favorite Marvel character. And I just like, I wanted it to work. I wanted so hard for it to work and it, it didn't. And, but like I said, me and Josh have had this conversation. Can't tell you how many times can't count it on fingers and toes. And I, I still believe is exactly what Josh has said. That that's the story we came up with is that it should have been a cut to black of you see some eyes and teeth. Mm-hmm. Send me it splash on the screen to be continued. And, and honestly, back then we didn't have the sort of hype around Marvel movies that we do now. The after credit sequence was not a thing then. You know, of course there were after credit sequences after movies, but nothing like, you know, Marvel, Marvel sort of adopted the whole, we're going to continue the story a little bit through these after credits things. Yeah. You could have done that as an after credits thing. Cause like the, it crawls away and goes hide. The after credit is you, you see, uh, doors and you see them open and Mm -hmm. it's Eddie walking into a church. And if you were a Venom fan and Spider-Man and you know, the lore, at this point in the theater, you're fucking standing up, mm-hmm. going, "What the fuck?" Yep. <laughs> and you know, and then bam, Spider-Man Four, and then you're fucking probably ended up being better because it would have been in production later down the road. They probably could have made the suit look better, uh, could have bulked up Toe for Grace a little, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that. And, and it could have been a better movie and been a better. Venom, better Eddie Brock too. You never know. Well, the thing is, is I think the biggest thing that was a disappointment to everyone was, okay, okay, put Venom in a movie for me, but give me more than 15 minutes of Venom. And and they don't even call him Venom. Like they don't even develop it enough for him to have a name. He's listed as Venom in the credits, but he's never called Venom. He never says his name is Venom. Like they don't develop it enough. I think they develop Eddie Brock plenty. But they yeah. don't develop him becoming Venom enough to justify what they do with him in this movie. Yeah, and, and then the end, and and then the ending, how he kills him in the movie. Yes, horrible. That's always been a big problem with a lot Fucking of these comic book movies. Horrible is is killing off killing off the villains. You know, I mean, the Green Goblin holds true. That's how that's how Harry Osborn dies in the books, I believe. Norman Osborn, uh, or yeah, Norman Osborn. Uh, I'm fine with that, but like you kill off Doc Ock in part two, you kill off Harry, you kill off Venom. You can't keep killing off these, these enemies, especially with someone is that is like as legendary as Venom. You can't put Venom in a movie for 15 minutes and then kill him at the end. It doesn't See, work. I don't think you should have killed any of them. It should have been Ravencroft Institute. That's it. Yeah. They use a lot of that in the comic books and they could have put, Green Goblin there. They could have put the Sandman in there. They could have put Doc Ock in there. And then they could come back for a movie and do a Sinister Six movie later, which is maybe what we're getting here next month. We don't know. Well, uh, they attempted to do that with the Amazing Spider-Man too, and that shit didn't work out either. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is, 
why do we have to keep killing the characters? I mean, Batman, he puts them at freaking Arkham. Yeah. He stores them there. And that's why a lot of people get like, why do you just keep fighting the Joker and putting him in this place and he keeps getting out? Well, because he doesn't want to kill nobody. Spider-Man doesn't want to do that. And you're kind of getting a hint of that in this trailer going on because they say something about all these characters died fighting Spider-Man. And I think Tom Holland and Spider-Man is having a problem with yeah. Spider-Man having killed these people. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, they're course correcting vultures, not dead vultures in jail. Yep. See, you there know? you go. Vulture you know, uh, Mysterio He's gonna be in the Morbius movie. Mysterio may have died at the end of far from home. We don't really know. Yeah. Did, was that a real person you saw? Yeah. So we don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're they're doing a, a very good job there, but we're not really talking about those right now. <laughs> uh, but I mean, there's there's you know great little Easter eggs they throw in in all these movies. I love when they're trying to come up with a name for Doc Ock in Part Two, and they're throwing around Doctor Octopus. That's crap. Uh, uh, Science Squid. Crap. Doctor Strange. That's pretty good. It's like good name, but that name it's already taken. It's already taken. Like at that time, what? Yeah, at that time there was no like thought of Doctor Strange in a movie. But if you heard his name on screen, if you're a comic book fan, you were like, oh shit, they just name dropped Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, if you read comics back in those days, I mean, you know all that stuff. Like you said, all these characters that showed up. Mm -hmm. I mean, the little like uh, what's her name? Uh, Betty Brant is that her name? Betsy Brant. Uh, Betsy Brant, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, she's in the movie. She's been in the the comic books forever. Yeah. She's she's in the new ones of No Way Home. She's in high school with Peter. Yeah. And so. and you know, the 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 girl they cast for her is great. She's she was the little girl in the nice guys, and she's been in a few other things too. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I think she would have been a better casting for Gwen Stacy than Betsy Brandt. Because <laughs> I think she kind of looks like Gwen Stacy a little bit. Yeah. yeah um she does. But I kind of want to do a special edition here of Almost Famous. Almost Famous. I know that, dude. I don't know them. I know her. You, haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, what, that guy who was in that movie that was out last year. I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. So one thing going back and watching these, uh, and if you're not familiar with our show, Almost Famous is where we go back and we take a look at all the people that are the background actors in these movies and kind of give them their moment to shine. And it's usually people that you've seen and you're like, Oh, what do I know that guy from with these movies? It's a little different because you see people in the background in the Spider-Man movies and you're like, Oh shit, that's Octavia Spencer. (laughs) Uh, Some pretty big names for now that were in these movies in very bit parts back in the day. The first one that comes to mind uh, because she is, she is in Spider-Man and I believe she's in all three of them is Elizabeth Banks as Betsy Brandt. Yeah, Betty Brandt. Yeah, I, yeah, I said Betsy, and now you're saying it. It's Betty. Betty. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I like to. Or I do. She's good in this, and I didn't realize you know later on down the road she was in the uh, what do you call it the Pitch Perfect movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I Zach and Mary make a porno. Yep. That's still my favorite. Kevin movie. Smith. What? Yep. <laughs> uh, but you know, and then I you know I mentioned Octavia Spencer is she's the one you know signing Peter up for the wrestling match so he can wrestle Oscar winner Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> Dude. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I got you for three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> three minutes of playtime. <laughs> that scene plays pretty silly for me now. 
Uh, <laughs> no, I, I love it. I, I think it's awesome because he, the whole wrestling thing, him trying to make money because he became Spider-Man, to, I, I thought it was great. I got, uh, what's her name? Emily, uh, I, I can never say Emily Deschanel. Deschanel, Deschanel yeah. yeah. Zoe Deschanel's sister. Mm-hmm. But uh, she went on to be Bones yeah. and did that for a long time. She's super famous for playing Bones. Yep. Uh, also, uh, I believe it's Otto Octavius's uh, assistant in there is Daniel Day Kim, an actor from Lost, mm-hmm. which if you were watching Lost back in the day, you would have noticed him right off the bat. Uh, he hasn't really, I wouldn't say he's become a household name, but he's still acting in stuff today. And I even put Joe Manganello. how do you say his name? Because oh, back yeah. then, he was nobody. Yeah. And then, then he went on to be in the True Blood series. Uh, he was in Justice League. They cast him as Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's been in a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Spider-Man. Go to sleep. <laughs> uh, and, to, and and Joe Manganiello is a big nerd. I mean, he's a big oh, comic book yeah. fan. He's a man big... is a wife. I think they both are kind of nerds. You are a long time and intense fan of Dungeons and Dragons. Is that true? This is very true. I, I'm OG nerd. Okay. Yeah, back when it wasn't cool. And when I was a kid, if you played Dungeons and Dragons, you also listened to Metallica, you read Stephen King, you had a glow-in-the-dark Led Zeppelin poster on your wall, you had an Iron Maiden t-shirt, you hung out at the arcade, you read comic books, it all went together. And, uh, like, so, I think he runs, like, a celebrity D&D game. Like, we're, I've heard that. We're, like, heard I think that. Tom Morello and shit comes and plays D&D with him and stuff. Oh, yeah, I want to go play D&D with them. <laughs> I've never played D&D, but if I got invited, I'd do it. Uh, I just found one that I didn't notice until this time around, uh, and I can never... Her name is Vanessa Ferrolito. Ferrolito? Is she... Is she, she was Mary in Death Proof, dude? Yeah, she's Mary Jane's friend in the in the second in movie. In the play, yeah, in the play, yeah, yes. I had to rewind. I went, oh, that's what's your name? Let me go back, and I went, this, and I went, yeah. Now she's like on NCIS, but I remember from Death Proof. Yeah, Death Proof for sure. I mean, big Tarantino fan right here. I definitely noticed her from that. But the one that I I knew was in the movie, but I forgot she was because she looks nothing like her, is Lucy Lawless. Guy with eight hands, sounds hot. Yeah, that's Lucy Lawless from Xena. Wow, wow, she's also she's also in Parks and Rec, and I love her in Parks and Rec. So I, I'm gonna have to go back and see if I can pinpoint her now. That's but funny. even the, uh, even uh, even though he's a main character, I put uh, Dylan Baker as the guy that plays Doctor Connors. Yeah, he's definitely like an almost famous guy. He's he's yeah. like that guy you see in stuff, but you don't really know what his name is. I know what you're gonna bring up. <laughs> Oh well, trick or treat. Trick or of treat. Course. He plays the principal, but I also put planes, trains, and automobiles. He was in that too. Yeah, very, but, very uh, bit part in that. <laughs> yeah, but the thing about him, I get him mixed up with the guy from uh, was it Shameless? Oh, uh, William H Macy. I can William see William H Macy. Sometimes when I see them, I get their names uh, because back then they kind of had a similar look. Yeah, their, their faces. I you know I know they're different people, but when you just glance at them real quick, you're like, oh wait, oh wait, that's the other one. Yeah, it's kind of like the guy, the not Tom Hardy guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can definitely see that. I can see getting those two confused for sure. Um, in part, you got. in part two, when they're going to the bank to try and help Aunt May save her house, oh, Joel, Joel McHale is the yeah. banker. <laughs> I kind of want to talk about James Franco a little bit because he wasn't the James Franco we know today back then. Uh, he was kind of a nobody. I remember he, I remember him being kind of problematic. Like nobody was really crazy about the acting he did in these movies. And so oh God, 
developed a pretty big liking for him years later, but yeah, anything he, related to Seth Rogen and him, yeah, <laughs> like Pineapple Express. But unfortunately, That's, he's taken a turn down this cancel culture. Yeah, stuff, he's so. kind of blacklisted now. Yeah, stuff that he's done. Which, uh, to be fair, I mean, I, I from what I saw of him in these movies and then what he went on to do after these, like, I would have never guessed he would have went on to do, like, Pineapple Express. I remember Pineapple Express is where I really started to notice him and then his relationship with Seth Rogen. And yeah, was it This is the End? This is the End. I mean, that movie, that movie, I remember, like, almost about to piss my pants laughing watching that movie in the theater. Because I like it, because everybody's playing themselves. Yeah. And then when he goes downstairs, they're mentioning hey guys, Spider-Man. The fuck out, okay? I'm sure the Green Goblin can fucking afford some more bacon. Dude, this shit's supposed to last us till we get rescued. Wait a second. I know what happened. You guys dropped acid, didn't you? Stanley is a big part of all of this. Stanley is the creator of Spider-Man. Of course, he's going to have his appearance in these movies. Um, I find it kind of funny that he's always the guy that's in the middle of what's going down, like the shit that's going down in the first couple. <laughs> Saving people, like yeah. grabbing them, pull them out of the way. Uh, but I love his appearance in part three. You know, I guess one person can make a difference. Enough said. It's a real heartwarming scene, especially for that time. And, you know, I will, I'll touch briefly on a Stanley appearance here in a little while. That really gets to me. But um, uh, my favorite Stanley appearance is still Mall Rats. It reminds me of an issue of Spider-Man I did when Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy went lingerie shopping. Of course, the Green Goblin showed up, and he pumpkin bombed the hell out of the place. But aside from that, it, it's pretty much the same thing. Holy shit! Aren't you? Oh, Stanley. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Talk Pretty good. Brody. That's a good one. The thing. Is this dork made of orange rock like the rest of his body? <laughs> it's a superhero secret. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, these movies were full of people. He stinks, and I don't like him. So we just kind of wanted to honor the stars of today that kind of came up in Spider-Man movies. So that's a handful of them for you there. If, if we missed any of them, please feel free to let us know who we missed and, yeah. and what they're doing now and kind of educate us a little bit. But those are the ones that I noticed. Now we want to give a shout out to our buddy Roman. And if he was on this show, he would be educating Dude. the living shit out of us right now. <laughs> if our buddy Roman was on this show, this would be the four hour long version because he would give us the character breakdown to all of them and be absolutely comic correct. And if you disagreed with him, I feel fucking sorry for you. Yeah, because he's probably right and you're wrong. Roman will hand you your ass in comic book knowledge. <laughs> he helped me get back in the the role things. Helped me out with some key issues that I used to have that I had sold years ago. And mm -hmm. man, I give a shout out to Roman. Man, thank you for getting me back into this world. I, I can say there's there are definitely comics in my collection that I would not have had it not been for Mister Roman. We love you, buddy. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, so anything else about the Raimi trilogy you want to touch on? I want to kind of talk about the amazing Spider-Man a little bit. So if there's anything else you got about the Raimi movies, let's go ahead and get it out there. I wish they would have done what we said. Yeah. <laughs> With part three. So let's, <laughs> let, let me, let me pose this question to you. So let's just say they did do what we what we would have done with Spider-Man yeah. in these stories. Right. The catch is you still would have Topher Grace as your Venom. Okay. How would you feel about that? 
I think I would have been fine with it. I think you could have gave him time to develop Eddie, uh, Eddie and Venom together. And like I said, maybe more comic accurate mm -hmm. and uh, would have been a great movie. Cause like I said, we want to do it in that. Now, who would you have cast as carnage in this time period of actors? It's fucking chainsaw and Dave brains, man. Because the next question I was going to ask is <laughs> let's go back to that point in time. Who would be the best Cletus Cassidy? I'm trying to go back to that. That would have probably been about 2010. 2010. I can't think of any like super well-known redheads that could have done the part. The first thing that comes to mind for me is Carrot Top. <laughs> Could you imagine no. Carrot Top as our Cletus Cassidy? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know. Well, I don't know. If we were to wait, that kid that's in that Shameless show. I know who I you're talking. That, he plays the, and, and, well, he plays the and Joker. He's a Joker on Gotham. Yeah. That guy would have made a good carnage. Oh, yeah. Or Cletus Cassidy. I can see that. He does a, a lot of people shit on that Gotham show, dude. I enjoyed it and I loved his take or not take of Joker. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was pretty cool for a freaking Fox TV show. I thought he did a good job of playing a crazy man, which ends up being the Joker, but not being the Joker. But uh, I can see that kid. I don't know where he was in 2010. So. I can't really go back. I mean, that's 11 years ago, Josh. Yeah. I could barely remember what I did last week. I mean, you know, <laughs> Woody Harrelson was acting back then. I mean, we still could have had Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. Ooh, 2010 Woody Harrelson probably would have been better than 2021 or Woody Harrelson <laughs> because he would have been younger, but a little bit closer to Natural Born Killers time. See, Natural I Born mean, Killers Woody Harrelson was a lot like Cletus Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy, yes. <laughs> I can see maybe he still could have been carnage in 2010 just don't give me the red wig that's all i ask don't give I'm me the red curly wig. i'm glad they fixed that thank you sony for fix hey that's one time when people complained about shit and it did get better yeah they gave him better hair <laughs> there's still some <laughs> problems about that movie but you said you want to talk about amazing spider-man a little bit before we get on here because i know we're uh we don't want to have a four-hour episode this week yeah um <laughs> like i said I was a big fan of the Raimi trilogy, so therefore when they announced that they were rebooting and they were going to start from scratch with a new director, new cast, all of that good stuff, I was a little perturbed at that. I was like, no, I want I want you to correct what you left me with with these fucking movies. I want you to give me a good Venom. I want Tobey Maguire to be Spider-Man still. Like I, I was attached to Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, and we didn't really talk about him a whole lot. I, Dude, emotionally... He's a great Spider-Man. And even that, all that shit in part two where he loses his powers and stuff like that, you feel bad. Yeah. Uh, you and, really go on an emotional roller coaster with Tobey Maguire through playing Spider-Man. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's another thing we didn't really talk about with those movies is the, uh, the idea to give him the organic web shooters. Oh, I had that in my notes. I didn't get there. Yeah. And that was, that a, was a problem I had. With yes. It. That's a problem a lot of people had with it. And the, what they do in part two with that kind of course corrects what they decided to do because you know that was a big part of the comics is he would run out of web in certain certain situations and, have, and peter parker was a genius kid yeah he was a super science nerd and he figured out and not if he couldn't web sling he used his wit and mm -hmm. his his brain power to beat the enemy but like you said yeah you ran out you made mistakes because that's what at the end of the day, I know we're trying to talk about Amazing Spider-Man. At the end of the day, that I think that's the part where we can all relate to Spider-Man. Yeah, he's a superhero, but 
out of all the superheroes that you talk about in Marvel and DC from the beginning to now, even in the comic books, he lives a regular life somewhat outside that of he has problems. He has pimples. He's in love. He's got his heart broken. He's failing class. Yeah. Uh, he can't find a car. He, he lives in a shitty apartment. Can't pay his rent. How many superhero movies do you see where they have that problem? None. Right. And, and and those movies do an excellent job of, of, of making him that kind of character. He's constantly struggling to pay his bills. He's Rant. constantly <laughs> trying to make money, constantly trying to balance work and being a hero. And, and that's one thing about these movies, like, you know, being a superhero might be glamorous in the limelight, but when you take the suit off, it's not, you know, got, you're, you're got not bills to pay. Yeah. You're not making money being Spider-Man. It's not, it's not doing it for you. Whoa. He stole that guy's pizza. Um, that's what I said. I mean, that's where I think I was so attached to it. It felt like, yeah, I can't climb on walls and I can't pick up a car and everything like that. But Peter Parker was relatable. Yeah. As a, just a normal person. And I think that's where, like I said, myself and other Spider-Man fans love him so much. So, so when Amazing Spider-Man came out, I had a chip on my shoulder. I did not go to the theater to see it. I didn't go I to the theater. Josh talking about this. He was not. <laughs> I did not go to the theater to see the first one. I did not go to the theater to see the second one. I did not see either one of them until after they had come out on home video. Like I, I, I did not give them a chance. And it's because I had an attachment to the Raimi trilogy. I really loved. I really loved the characters they they had there. I loved the actors playing the characters. But years later, in 2021, watching these movies again for the... Literally like two days ago. The second time. um, I think The Amazing Spider-Man is a fantastic movie. Thank you. I I think, like, I was watching it and I was like, I might like this better than the first Spider-Man movie. Um, that's hot take, I think, but you know, at the time, again, with my passion for the, for the series, I was not willing to give Andrew Garfield a shot. I love Emma Stone and I'm going to talk about her here in a minute. Um, but I, I just don't think I was willing to give anything about this a chance because I was so butthurt about the fact that we weren't going to get our original trilogy people back. Um, Andrew Garfield is fucking awesome as Peter Parker. I work here. I don't work here. I was gonna say I, I was gonna say I work here, but it, it seems like you in fact do work here, so you know that I don't in fact work here. You following me? And I remember not liking him at all when I saw those movies. Probably because I still had a chip on my shoulder. But I think he's great as Peter Parker. Love I, dude, that first amazing Spider-Man. All right, this is my hot take. I think the Spider-Man look and suit in these movies is better than the, the Raimi trilogy. I have a couple of issues with the suit. I feel like the head looks a little weird. and But the- see, this this is the thing. They made him look like Spider-Man. Spider-Man is slender, slinky little guy. Yeah. And gets around. If you go back, like, because I, I just watched all the, the Raimi ones. Uh, Tommy Wire bulked up. He got pretty big. Yeah, yeah. And I think and you can see him in the fight scenes with it. I mean, he's got some pretty good sized biceps. He's, to me, he's too bulky. Andrew Garfield is a wiry guy. He looks like he could be a gymnast and do the backflips and swing through the middle of two buildings and stuff like that. He looks more like to me, the Spider-Man would be yeah, and be able to move around. And I like the suit a little better. I didn't like the gold eye eye lenses in the first ones. 
uh, are they were kind of the way they shine in the light, but it's also a lot of the CGI they did back then. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, I just wasn't a big. Fan. I mean, I loved the suit. I mean, back then I thought, oh my god, I nailed it. But then when I saw this, I liked the suit. I liked the darker colors. It was a little more grimier. Like, hey, I wear this every fucking day. I don't have five or ten of these things, mm-hmm. and they're gonna get dirty. Yeah. So and he looked like he was out fighting crime every day, and he didn't have a chance to wash his suit. So. The only thing that bothers me about the suit in Amazing Spider-Man is the there are certain scenes where he's doing things with his hands and the gloves are blue and it it bothers me like the color the, the, like the the color of the suit is a little different than what I'm used to. And that's the biggest I like issue that. I have with that. Because uh, you had the Spider-Man chain suits in the uh, comic books. It was not just him. And you had Ben Riley wearing it and other people, even Miles Morales, mm-hmm. uh, other people who have played Spider-Man in the comic books and stuff like that. They always change the color scheme up a little bit. And they did that with, uh, you know, Spider-Man, uh, the ultimate Spider-Man. The suit looks different than your regular yeah, 616 yeah. Spider-Man or 616, whatever you want to call it. Uh I kind of liked it, but I said, I just liked the overall look of his Spider-Man better than I did Tobey Maguire, but I'm not saying that Tobey Maguire's was wrong. I still love it, but if I had to choose between the two of them, I just like the suit. Yeah. I like him in the suit. He looks like a slender Spider-Man guy. Like, this guy can pick up a fucking car? Yeah, yeah right. Tobey Maguire was a little more buff and shorter, where Angel Garfield looks a little tall, like he would be Spider-Man. I feel like watching these now, Tobey Maguire brings a lot of melancholy to Peter Parker. He's always very like, oh, MJ. Like, the Peter Parker that Andrew Garfield brings is a lot more of a like, I have fucking problems, bro, and I'm trying to figure this out. Like, he's very much, like, it's more dire for Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker. And and he seems to be very distraught about the problems he has. Whereas in in Sam Raimi's, you know, maybe it was the direction, maybe it was the story, whatever. But Tobey Maguire seems to be very melancholy in his delivery of things and the, the emotion that he puts out in those. It's a little dull compared to, to what Andrew Garfield does. Um, but I, I want to get to the, the best part of this movie. <laughs> I'm Gwen. Is Emma Stone. Oh, dude. And being the fan of Spider-Man that I am, and at the time when these movies came out, I wasn't as big of a Spider-Man fan. And knowing where the Spider-Verse went at that time, uh, I don't know if at this point we had the Spider-Verse comics where Gwen Stacy becomes Spider-Gwen. I think it might have came later. Watching this movie now makes it breaks my heart to know that we could never have Emma Stone as Spider Gwen. I think she would be the perfect Spider Gwen. All right, this is the thing. Don't say never, because in multiverses, that she's alive in another multiverse. Well, no, I, I, I don't even mean storyline wise because of where this story goes. I mean. Spoiler alert, you get a spoiler alert at the beginning of all of these. And if you haven't seen these movies, what are you doing with your life? But yeah, I mean, Gwen Stacy dies at the end of Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2. She died in the comics. She dies in the comics. Um, Yeah, I mean, Spider-Gwen is from an alternate universe. But I'm talking about as an actress. Like, again, like speculating who would be the best actor to play these roles. I think Emma Stone is so great as that character in this movie. I would love to see her Spider-Gwen. And like she even like 
for the people who read Spider-Gwen and are familiar with the Gwen Stacy character in those books, like she is not drawn as this perfect embodiment of a woman. Mm. She has an awkward face. She has like a gap in her teeth. She is not your stereotypical hot comic book girl yeah, superhero. she's a drummer in a punk band. Yeah. And that's not to <laughs> with say... A, with Mary Jane. Yeah. <laughs> and it's called the Mary Janes. Mary Janes. Uh, but... And that's not to say that Emma Stone is ugly or not beautiful. Emma Stone is a beautiful woman. Oh. But she is a normal-looking beautiful woman. She is not one of these, like, like, like supermodel, like, going to you know, exploit every part Emma of her. Emma Stone like, is the hot girl next door. Yeah. And in I your mean, town, the, the, the girl you want to hang out with in high school. Right. I mean, she is, she is basically the same character she was in Superbad. She's an awesome chick. And you know that 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 is attractive. Zombie land. Yeah. So and I mean, yeah. and 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 if you like, I said, if you're a fan of Spider Gwen, if you're a fan of that storyline, what they did with her there, I feel like Emma Stone would have been the perfect casting for that. But you know, Emma Stone's older now. These movies have you know gone in different places. I don't know if Emma Stone would be would would number one fit the age bracket now because in the in the yeah. in the comics, Spider Gwen is still a, a girl in high school. That's that's oh. the that's the biggest travesty here is I think they had a great casting for that character in these movies and now we're not going to be able to do that Dude, again. But I remember sitting in the theater watching that in part two, which is a, it has the same problem as Spider Man three. Too many people, mm -hmm. too many villains, too many storylines going on. But when she died, dude, I cried. Yeah, because and you knew it was coming because in the shots leading up to that, she's wearing a certain color coat. Mm -hmm. It's the co same color of the coat she wears in the comic books when she dies. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, no, please don't do this to me. <laughs> no, because I love Emma Stone and I loved her as Gwen Stacy. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to do this, aren't we? We're, we're doing this. They're going to kill her. And that's, you know, that's kind of where these new trailers for No Way Home is pointing your direction to is, are they going to do that with Mary Jane in this movie? They're not. I'm going to tell you right now, people, they're not going to do that. This is the funny story I've heard about this is that they show the trailer. Mary Jane is falling and mm -hmm. you see a hand reaching down and he's going to, they think it's miss. And they said, this is where Andrew Garfield swings in and rescues her. Mm -hmm. I've heard this thing. And because he, it's him coming, he says, I wasn't going to let another one die. Yeah. I've heard, he, I, I've he heard that theory Gwen. myself. Yep. I've heard that theory. Now here we are. We're, we're on the tangent talking about the trailer again. We can't help it. We're Spider-Man fans. We want to talk about everything, <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, I don't know if that's going to happen, but then again, I hope it happens and I hope they don't release any more TV spots or trailers about it. I just want to be in the theater when it happens. And I want to jump out of my seat and throw popcorn on the guy in front of me. <laughs> that's not, what I want to happen. That's on my bucket list. I want to dump my bucket of popcorn on some guy's head. Cause I'm so excited about the movie I'm watching. And then he turns around and just throws a popcorn. And he's like, yeah, and everybody's high-fiving each other. Like, <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's what I wanted to see. So now, unfortunately I didn't get a chance to watch amazing Spider-Man two. What I do remember of that movie is it was a bit of a mess because, like you said, they shove a whole Dude. bunch of villains in there and try to develop this story that eventually ends up not going anywhere. All Jamie Foxx's character in the beginning of that movie is the Riddler character from Batman that Jim Carrey played. Yeah. It's the same freaking character. And I've, I've, you're, you're like with a, you know, in love with our main character and mm -hmm. oh, you're my best friend and blah, blah. I'm like, I'm watching this and I'll just wait and play the kooky music that you hear when Edward Nigma's in his apartment. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Shall we say who's our favorite Spider-Man? So we've got our movie Spider-Man. I also wanted to see who our favorite Spider-Man comic character is. Does he have to be Spider-Man? No, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Like, I think maybe like our favorite version of Spider-Man from the comics. And then, of course, we're going to close this out with our worst to first. We're going to give you our rankings of the Spider-Man films, even though I didn't get to watch all of them. Well, I have watched them all and it didn't take me very long to do a list, so... (laughs) I'll say my favorite movie Spider-Man. If we're just talking about Spider-Man that have been in live action movies, I really think Tom Holland encompasses everything that's that Peter Parker needs to be on film. I think there are issues with Tobey Maguire. I think there are issues with Andrew Garfield. Some people think there are issues with Tom Holland as well, but I think Tom Holland brings a more well-rounded Peter Parker slash Spider-Man to the movies. I think he is good as both characters. Okay. So I would say Tom Holland would be my top Spider-Man in the movies. I'm going to agree with you. Okay. Uh, because we share the same brain. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love my Tobey Maguire. That's the first time we get to see uh, Spider-Man on the big screen like that. Uh, I liked that they haven't made Tom Holland grow up yet. Right. Uh, he's still in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I had problems with the other two Spider-Man movies. They rushed him along. I mean, at the beginning of the movie, you're in high school, you're graduating. It's done. Yeah. You're moving on to bigger and better things. That's not how it works in the comics. I like how they're taking their time with that. Peter uh, messes up. He has a messed up love life, just like he has in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's dumpster diving for parts, so he's poor. Yep. Just like in the comics. He's hard, tr- getting barely getting by. Uh and I kind of liked that we didn't get another origin story. Yeah. Because we know if you haven't been living under a fucking rock, <laughs> you know that Spider-Man gets bit by a radioactive spider. There's a fucking song about it. Go listen to it. A Spider-Man, a Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. It seems a way. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. Yeah. But uh, that's. I kind of like that that about him, and I like him. He's got the childish look. He's but he's got the ambition. He wants to tr- he wants to do good. He wants to prove himself, like to Iron Man. Mm-hmm. He, we first get him in the Civil War movie, and then in his own movies with everything going on. And uh, I was kind of hoping that they would have went more with the uh, uh, Gwen Stacy love uh, love interest instead of the MJ. Yeah, that's how I had problems with it, but I get it. It's cool. Zendaya, is that how you pronounce? I can never pronounce her name. I suck at pronouncing names. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> Zendaya. Zendaya, but uh, and they're an item in real life. They're dating. Yeah, I would go. Tom Holland is my favorite of the three, uh, and I do love Andrew Garfield. Like you said, of the two, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm. That's the thing is, I don't hate any of them. I mean, to put them in one, two, and three, respectively, is because you have to, but they're all great. Yeah, they all they all bring different things, and yeah, yeah. I would not say it's not like oh, number three is because you're shitty. No, number three is still like saying yeah, you're still fucking awesome, bro. Uh, it's just if I had to put these in here, yeah, that's the way they go. So yeah, Tom Holland would be my number one. Yeah, I I honestly, I mean, just going off of watching Amazing Spider Man, I would I would probably rank them Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire at this point. I, I, 
I kind of found a lot of issues with Tommy McGuire's performance watching these first three movies again. Uh, again, like he's the, got some great dance moves though. We didn't talk about that. I'll I will go ahead and throw another hot take out there. I don't mind all that shit. It seems very comic book esque. What I don't like is the whole dance scene in the jazz club. That is like a whole scene they could have cut. Yeah. I don't mind him walking through, doing the pointing at the girls and all that stuff. I think that's tongue-in-cheek. It's funny. It's something Sam Raimi would have done. I would say it's something Sam Raimi would have done, for yeah. sure. So that doesn't bother me. I I, I kind of like emo Peter Parker. But the whole dance <laughs> sequence in the jazz club, yeah, that could have all been cut. I know we just pissed a bunch of people off. <laughs> we probably did. But. Write in the comments below. Sorry. Yeah, let us know what your favorite it, Spider-Man is. Who portrayed it the best for you? Um, you yeah, know, give us I, your your three. Like I said, we're not saying worst to first on Spider-Man because they're all great. Yeah, we loved all three of them, but that's just how we're putting them. Tell us your top three. Matter of fact, in our list that we're gonna these next couple of lists we do, give us your rundown. Yeah, We'd love to see it and then talk about it. We all love each other here. We all love the character, so no hate. Right. Nobody's wrong. Yeah. And, you know, that brings me to to comic book Spider-Man. And, and you've got many different versions of Spider-Man there. I, I gravitate towards Miles Morales. Miles Morales is my Spider-Man. I love him. I love that he's a he is a minority. He is a child, basically. I mean, he's still, you know, very, very, very young. And he's kind of like he's sort of the reboot for our Peter Parker of this generation. He, he is trying to do the best he can. He is, he's, you know, conflicted on if he can be a superhero and still go to school and still handle the things that he needs to do in life. He's got, uh, you know, these issues with his father hating Spider-Man. Um, he doesn't want to be the quote unquote black Spider-Man. He just wants to be Spider-Man. There's so many different things that Brian Michael Bendis, the creator of Miles Morales, brought to that character that I think work so well. And, you know, I love that they have finally brought him to the big screen and into the Spider-Verse. I fucking love that movie. And it makes me so excited to know that it's a possibility that we could get Miles Morales in a live action movie. I mean, it, it's going to happen eventually. There's a possibility he could show up next month i doubt that but if, hey. that, if that happens it will be me streaming dumping my fucking popcorn on somebody's head. <laughs> somebody somebody have a, a a camera on josh if that fucking happens right because have that camera ready <laughs> <laughs> just in case but as far as you know comic you know and, you know spider verse characters are just like are you are you just like you know hardcore classic spider-man or do you have a particular version of spider-man that you gravitate towards I mean, I love classic Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, the 616 Spider-Man, that's probably my favorite. But my favorite version of Spider-Man is Black Suit Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. he's covered in a Venom symbiote. You know that because Venom is my favorite comic book character. If you ha if I had to do, he is not Peter Parker, he's not Spider-Man or whatever like that, but he still is who he is because of Spider-Man. So right. I would actually pick Venom. But since we're talking about Spider-Men, uh, I'm just going to go with 616 Black Suit Spider-Man. All right. From the Web of Spider-Man series and the Secret Wars, all that stuff. So, but yeah, yeah. he would be my second. Black Suit Spider-Man would be my second. Yeah. So, but and, I mean, with Miles, you get like you get like all of that and more. You get the black and red like suit. A red suit. I now 
If we're talking about suits, I love My- Miles. Suit, Miles, man. Miles suit, and Miguel O'Hara Spider Man two thousand. 99. Oh, 2099 is so fucking good, man. Their two suits are my favorite suits other than black suit Spider-Man. Yeah. They nailed, I mean, uh, I love their designs for both. I hope we get a Miguel. Yeah. I mean. I I hope that happens because we got that at the the end of Into Spider-Verse on the little post-credit scene of him going back. I was like, please let that happen. That was definitely an oh shit moment in the theater for me. I was like, oh shit, it's Spider-Man 2099. I can't believe it. If you have not read the Spider-Man 2099 series, do yourself a favor and read it. It's fucking good. It's dark. It's really dark and it's just good. Spider-Man is kind of scary actually. when Yeah. I mean, he actually has to like. Live off human blood and shit. It's crazy. He has to wear the suit. Yeah. <laughs> but so, there's a reason he covers his face and stuff. So well, but, let's yeah. uh let's maybe piss some more people off here and do our worst to first oh, Spider-Man series. Oh, so we're not gonna do a whole lot of chit chatting like we did with our Halloween episode with this one. We're just basically gonna give the, the rundown of what our top eight are. Well, eight in order so we're yeah. gonna start number eight well we're, uh, and we're doing the spider-man movies not ensemble cast like civil war avengers and all that shit we're, we're talking about the yeah standalone we're spider-man movies right now just to talk real briefly i love the introduction of spider-man in civil war oh Th- yeah that's one of my favorite moments in mcu like oh god yeah so not to discredit that, it is a great moment in an MCU movie, but unfortunately, it's not a Spider-Man movie. No. If we were doing like favorite scenes, that would be one of my top for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I love it when he steals Captain's shield. That shit's awesome. Okay, right. number eight, worst to first, and I'm not saying that we call these worst to first just because these are the ones we like the least, but they all have good parts of, of their own in their movies. Yeah. So, so three, two. One, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Amazing Spider-Man Two. I'm right there with you, <laughs> uh, mainly because I haven't had a chance to rewatch it. You know, maybe when I do rewatch it, I'll have a different opinion, like I did of the first one. Uh, but right now, it's definitely bottom of the barrel for me. So yeah, there's too many problems that movie. But I do. There are parts of that movie I do love, like the whole thing with Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. I, I love the opening scene of that movie. Uh, you all you hear is this flapping, and then it opens up, and you can see him, Spider-Man, falling from the sky, and it's just a close-up of the logo, and then him moving away from the camera, yeah. like yeah. he had just let go of a web and was kind of floating through the air. That's a great opening scene. Uh, okay, number seven. Number seven. I'm going. Spider-Man, Spider-Man three. three. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my head. <laughs> We share the same brain. I'm going to laugh if we know all. I, I, I know we're going to at least have one or two that are not going to be the same. Yeah, I, I think. I would be I, I would th- be surprised if we nailed all of them. So. You know, I, I'm thinking maybe our number ones are going to be the same. I, you know, we just had our same eight, eight and seven. I think right here might be where it differs a little bit. My number six. Far, far from, from home. home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I just watched Far From Home recently, and it's good. Don't get me wrong; it's good, but it's it's not as well done as Homecoming. I, you know, yeah. Homecoming's it, it, still coming up on my list, so I'll talk about it when I when I get to it. But it's you know, I I do really like the Mysterio twist, and I didn't you know the way they portrayed in the movie. I really didn't see it coming when it when it happened. I, I thought it I was like Jake Jake Gyllenhaal playing the role. Yes, yeah. fantastic. 
Yeah, I, I I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's a fantastic actor. All right. All right. Uh, Number five, this is where it's going to change. Probably. Probably so. My number five, Spider-Man. <laughs> That's what I have. <laughs> How do it, dude? Get out of my fucking head. <laughs> and to be fair, I just wrote my list down probably five minutes before we started recording. And I think Jason yesterday, wrote, it was my wrote, idea to do this list. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just watching them now, you know, th- those, these were the main three that I rewatched. It's a great movie, but, uh, and you know, I, I, it's, it's just, it's, ah, uh, it's all right. You know, now, I, I mean, it's, it's, I, I was, I was very jazzed for it when it came out, but now it just kind of like, eh, it's right there in the middle for me, you know? And things changed. Like when we did our Halloween countdown, dude, I would have, I would have told you Halloween three was my least favorite movie out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. But things have changed over the years. So. All right. Well, I know what is your number four. (laughs) Dude, we're going to have the same damn list. Okay. Three, two, one. Homecoming. Spider-Man. Oh, that's where it changed. Yeah. That's where it changed. Um, I, I, you know, homecoming is great. Um, I watched it recently as well. We've been watching all of the MCU movies with our friends up here. Uh, they had never seen any of them. So we just watched people. Yeah. We just watched homecoming and far from home and into the spider verse with them recently. So, um, they were watching them for the first time and watching homecoming. I was just surprised at how much I was laughing at it, man. It's a fun, funny movie. And it just Mm -hmm. really encapsulates that young high school, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And it, it's, again, I, I don't like the Flash Thompson. I mean, I, you know, he's not he's annoying. He's a he's a background movie. character They're I don't see them developing him into what Flash Thompson eventually is. No. So I can I'm fine with it. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's the right cast for Flash Thompson, but, I, you know, it doesn't really bother me that much. So, yeah. I mean, and I had Amazing Spider-Man right here because it's. Like we said, I do like Andrew Garfield's version of the character. Mm-hmm. And, and since we just said that Tom Holland is our favorite Spider-Man, there's, I, I couldn't put a Tom Holland movie, all the Tom Holland movies, behind everybody else. <laughs> so I was just like, I'll put that one here. Because you're talking about middle of the road. Spider-Man 2002, Amazing Spider-Man. Both still great movies. They're only one apart. You're looking at number four, number five. Well, this this may be just because of it of it being so fresh in my head, but uh, number three was Amazing Spider Man for me, just no. because like I I had a whole new take on this movie watching it this time. I felt different about it. Uh, I I would have loved to have seen them do more with these characters and and whatnot, but knowing where two ended up, it just seems like a lost opportunity now. But yeah. I think they they laid some fantastic groundwork for the characters and the actors in Amazing Spider-Man that fell flat. Um, but I don't know. Like, I was watching this movie this time going, why did I not like this so much? It had to have been the chip on my shoulder because there's really good stuff in Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, even Dennis Leary is Captain Stacy. He yeah. did a great job. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, just yeah, Dennis Leary and, and that character. I mean, I was loving it, dude. Like, in... And I, and I think I was bringing my romanticism of Spider-Gwen to that, too, because I'm watching this movie and I'm seeing 
seeing Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. I'm seeing Dennis, uh, Dennis Leary as Mr. Stacy or Captain Stacy. And I'm like, they would have been perfect. This would have been such a good setup for a fucking spider Gwen, man. And like, mm-hmm. I, it, it's heartbreaking to me that we won't ever get that, but I don't know. like this movie left a better impression on me this time. So yeah. that's my, my hot take. Three, yeah. My number three was homecoming. Yep. So, and when Josh just talked about that, I like the high school years were keeping him young. Uh, he's coming off of helping, uh, Iron Man fight Captain America's guys from Civil War, and you get that whole thing of him talking and getting back home and all the cool shit he's done. And uh, we get introduced to Ned mm-hmm. and everybody else in the film. I just I think it's a good fun little movie of yeah. him learning to be Spider Man. Yeah, so, and I do I do like the suit in that too. When you and he went from his old suit. Yeah. How do you see out of these things? Oh my god! I think <laughs> that might be the one thing that kind of detra- detracts from the new Spider-Man movies for me is that it's very reliant on Iron Man and the suits being something that Tony is supplying him. That's the thing that I think I've gotten detached. The further we've gone into the time of him being a a great Mm Spider-Man is uh, let's get back to a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, Let's get back to, Hey, let's have a nice suit. Yeah. We can have some cool web shooters and shit like that because he's a science nerdy for that. We don't need Stark tech. Yeah. Spider-Man. We don't need iron spider through every movie. I mean, it makes for some good comedy. I mean, you know, the, the kill mode or whatever it is, whenever he's trying to get onto the truck, insta kill. Yeah. Yeah, Like that shit's funny, but yeah, I mean, Spider-Man never had to rely on Iron Man in the books. So I think it's kind of, you know, a a little bit of a downgrade that he's got to rely on this tech now in these movies, but yeah, we understand that he's his mentor and all that kind of stuff, but let's just get back to friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. We're not trying Mm -hmm. to fight everybody from outer space. I mean, that's why I kind of wanted them to kind of tone it down a little bit in those movies. Uh, get back to fighting street level mm-hmm. people like the Rhino and Sandman. And yeah. This kind of stuff. We're not trying to fight Thanos characters every movie. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And sort of a, 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 a <laughs> six degrees of Kevin Bacon mention of Miles Morales in Homecoming as well. I mean, they don't say his name, but you've got Donald Glover's character who is. You ain't never done this before, huh? Deactivate interrogation mode. Basically, the Prowler. <laughs> yeah, he becomes the Prowler. And yeah. uh, he mentions... He's I have a g- nephew that lives in this neighborhood. Yeah, so when I remember seeing that in theater, and I was like, oh, he's talking about Miles. I know who he's talking about. He's talking about Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah, because you were talking about him playing Miles Morales uh, years before this movie. Uh, well, I mean, there was a lot of talk about him playing just Spider-Man in general. I remember there being a lot of uproar about that, that, Oh, Donald Glover would be a good Peter Parker. And a lot of people weren't happy about the talking. Oh, about I would have loved when we were talking about it, him being Miles Morales. Yeah. Uh, that could have worked for these dude, him playing Miles Morales when he was younger. Yeah. Do perfect casting. for mm-hmm. that. I thought would have been great. Uh, all right. Well, number two, I think I know what both of our number two and number one are, but, Number two Spider-Man is Spider-Man 2. <laughs> and that means number one is Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. And I think everybody will agree with us if you have seen that movie. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if people feel the way we feel about it being the best Spider-Man movie, but it is by far the best Spider-Man movie for me. Who are you again? This is Miles, and he's going to save the multiverse. Yeah, man. It's it's the best complete. Yeah. Spider-Man movie. I they, mean, it's not the fact of that you get all these different Spider-Man. You get Spider-Man War and Spider-Ham and Spider-Gwen and all that stuff like that. It's just, it's, I love the storytelling of Miles. 
I love the storytelling of Peter from mm-hmm. the other as the six one six because we're in the ultimate universe basically. Yep. At this point, and Spider Man dies. Um, it's just, it's a great movie, dude. That I I, have, I can't tell how many times I've watched that movie, and people are like, dude, it's a cartoon. No, no, watch it because I mean, the animation in that is fucking beautiful. It is fantastic. Yes, we we watched it with our friends, and and our friend's daughter was watching it, and she was like, "It's like I'm watching a comic book," and she really liked it. And I was like, "Well, get used to it because the entire movie looks like this." And yeah, and the animation style is fantastic. I love how everybody is overproportionate. Like Kingpin is just this giant hulk of a man with a small little head. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I even like the, the what they did with like Goblin. Goblin being this big goblin-looking creature. Well, because in the other universe, he's huge. Yeah, and he's then you've got you know, yeah. you got Doc Ock as a female in this. So like pulling all these different things from the different universes and different stories of Spider-Man. But I mean, just the fact that Miles story is central here. Um, and we get spider Gwen as a, as a sidekick. All right, people, let's start at the beginning. One last time. My name is Gwen Stacy. I was bitten by a radioactive spider. And for the last two years, I've been the one and only spider woman. I mean, I love Spider Gwen in this movie. I think Haley Steinfeld is great as her in this. That's funny too. Watching this movie, you get all these voices doing voices for for these characters, and now those people are characters in the MCU. You know, <laughs> she's our new Hawkeye. Um, that movie brings me to tears on a couple of different levels. Like, number one, this movie came out shortly after Stan Lee died. And you get this scene of him in the co- in the in the costume store buying the costume of Spider-Man. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, we were friends, you know. Can I return it if it doesn't fit? It always fits. Eventually. That moment in that movie just makes me well up, man. Just seeing him, you know, seeing Stanley shortly thereafter he had passed away, and then walking out of that movie, it was like I just. I was overcome with joy that I just saw Miles Morales on screen. It was so fucking great, dude. As I said, you you, you get uh, three different Spider-Man in a movie. As far as you know, you get Peter Parker, Peter Parker, and Miles Morales. You and let's not discredit Peter Parker who dies. Let's yeah. not discredit Spider-Man Noir. Nick Cage is awesome as Spider-Man Noir. You got Peter Parker, John Mulaney is Peter Parker, Spider-Ham. He's hilarious. You know. All of these different Spider Spider Man characters, and it's done so well. And even, it, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, and the other part I like about it is when they go to them, they when they're talking about, well, here this I'll tell you my story. You've heard this before, and they show them in their world. It is colored the way it is in the comic books, like the Spider Gwen, uh-huh. the 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 bit the the way it is. It has the smearing. Mm-hmm. Over it, that's how it is in the comic book, where the background has this kind of fuzzy yeah. smear looks to it, and they made her look exactly when she's in her universe. Yeah, you, they look like they do in their comic books. And the Spider-Man and noir it. stuff is all black and white black and, and sin, white. like Sin City looking shit. You know, uh, Spider-Ham comes from a very cartoon world. You know, basically uh, Looney Tunes of yeah Marvel, <laughs> and just that the whole the whole final battle when they're fighting together and like Spider-Ham throws Peter the the hammer to use when he's fighting uh Goblin and stuff like it all just works so well together and it's a, it's so much fun to watch 
And it, well, I it's, like Miles' suit in that movie too when he makes his own. Yeah. And it, and it still holds true to that the core story of Spider-Man. You know, great power with great power comes great responsibility. Miles is torn with that same dilemma in that and you know, he he has to figure out if he's going to be a kid or if he's going to be Spider-Man and like in his universe Spider-Man's dead. They they need a Spider-Man and he's got to fill those shoes. And that's the thing they were talking about, you know, because all their uncles had died Mm -hmm. and then his uncle dies, Mm -hmm. which is a tearjerker scene, too. When you see the way that plays out, I mean, again, Mahershala Ali playing uh, the Prowler in that he's going to be our new blade. (laughs) Yeah. So. But we went straight to number. We were talking about. Let me touch on part number two, Spider-Man 2, because we went straight to our outpouring of love for (laughs) our number one movie. But I want to give it a, you know, for Alfred Merlina playing Doc Ock great performance in mm-hmm. that brought the acting chops to the T uh, that whole story of the, him fighting his genius and everything like that. The Spider-Man no more storyline of him losing his powers. I love the scene where he throws the suit in the garbage can and walks away. That's straight right off the, the looks, cover of the comic. Yeah, looks just like the cover. Yep. Uh, and I love that tie in everything and how he has to go through all the stuff of being normal Peter Parker and how he likes it, but he's also realizing there's something missing and mm-hmm. he's not doing what uncle Ben said. I mean, he may not have the power, but the reason he doesn't have the power is because of he's making the wrong decisions. He's letting that all affect him. Yeah. His personal stuff is affecting him physically and he's lost it. And then he really needs to get it back because he needs to help all these people because that's what Uncle Ben said he needed to do. Yeah. So, but yeah, love Spider-Man 2. That's like I said, number two. And then we just gushed over into the <laughs> Spider-Verse for our number one. I just want to give some love our number two here. Yeah, I mean, and so. Spider-Man 2 has its fair share of issues. I mean, it's very, there's some pacing issues. Um, you know, a lot of the drama stuff seems to drag on a little while. Uh, when I watched it recently, uh I, I was watching version 2.1, which is something they released on the Blu-ray. And there's some extra scenes in it that, you know, while some of them are kind of funny, they're not necessary. Like there's a whole scene of Jonah Jameson after he gets Spider-Man's suit, like running around in his Brown office, in acting like Spider-Man. And I don't remember that in the final cut that I it, saw. It wasn't. The, it is the 2.1. And yeah. that's the other thing we we didn't even talk about. J.K. Simmons playing J. Jonah Jameson. He's great. He is Perfect. awesome. Perfect. Freaking casting. You're talking like RDJ, Iron Man, Chris Evans is Captain America. Dude, J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. Yep. And he's been J. Jonah Jameson through all of it. Yep. Even the new stuff. (laughs) Even the new stuff. That's how great his casting was. We can't recast this character. We have to bring back the same guy. (laughs) So I, I think that's fantastic. We didn't give him any love earlier. So, And I know we just went through this. Just off talk, just right at you. Who's your favorite Aunt May? Favorite Aunt May. I like Sally Field, but I, you know, there's a lot of controversy around Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, but yeah, I like young. her. I, I I agree that she's young, and you know they they've recast younger people for characters, and it's it's worked and hasn't worked before. But I kind of dig Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. I like I like how her being a younger person kind of gives a little bit of a different take on the character. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny is every Spider-Man series, they've made her younger. <laughs> Aunt May. Well, I, well younger. definitely. I mean, Sally Field wasn't a, a you know. Yeah, but Rosemary, what was her name? Rosemary Harris or something like that. Whatever her name was. Yeah, she Aunt was, she was a lot older. She's a lot, but 
she was more comic book accurate too. Yeah. Yeah. Of the Aunt May we get. That's why I kind of like her because she's comic book a- accurate, but I do like Sally Field as uh Well, I like Lily Tomlin as her too in, in Into the Spider-Verse. She's kind of yes. spry in that. Yeah. She's not true. in it very much, but Yeah, I like her uh yeah, she's she's kind of quick-witted in that one too. Yeah. I like that. And I talked about Spider-Man 3 being the highest grossing Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie made $894 million in 2007. Let's do inflation rate. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And it's run. Even today, I mean, even before COVID, you made an $894 million movie. You're doing five sequels. Yeah. I mean, nowadays. But I did the math on those just real quick. I mean, this is the three. We had Spider-Man 1 did 821 point seven million spider-man 2 789 894.9 those three movies put this money into sony's back pocket 2.5 billion dollars yeah into sony's back pocket and that's not to mention the amazing spider-man movies or any of the homecoming yeah. stuff yeah so that's the thing we made 2.5 billion but we're gonna fuck up the venom story in part three we don't mm-hmm. fucking care we're not listening to Josh and Jason's idea <laughs> and making the correct fucking movie. <laughs> so, and you know, they're going the same route with no, uh, no way home because while I'm excited to see it, I'm going into it very cautiously optimistic because I, I got excited about seeing venom in the third movie and they let me down. Um, you know, we might get to see the other Spider-Man in this movie, but for how long? And I'm not saying they need to be in the whole movie, but it's one of those things where it's like, are they going to do it right? Or are they just going to shove all this shit in because, because, you know, because money, you know? All right. Here's the other, if to our people, like said, spoilers as usual, uh, if you saw Venom, let there be carnage, the multiverse fucked up in a post-credit scheme, scene of Venom going to a different universe than where he was at showing up in the Tom Holland Spider-Man universe. So could he possibly show up? That that is the bigger question for me is well, <laughs> because why would they put that at the end of Venom 2 when they know Spider-Man their Spider-Man 3 is about to come out and now you have put Venom in the same universe as Tom Holland. And and dun, will, dun, dun, will dun. they do it wrong or will they do it right? Honestly, the best way they could do this is it was a post-credit scene in Venom, make it a post-credit scene in No Way Home. And then the total hype for the next trilogy. The next, yeah, it's like, we're giving you what you want next go around. Now, you know, I don't know who's under contract to come back. I know there's a lot of talk about Tom Holland is, is talking about how he's, you know, not under contract to do any more movies. He's, I think yeah, that, he's not, but he said he would love to, but yeah. he is not obligated to do any more movies after this one. But I, I think... I think the best course of action for bringing Venom into this universe is to give us the post credits. I mean, I would rather them do it that way and do it right and give us what we would, you know, a a full story of the Spider-Man and Venom than to just throw him in as another secondary character that he's fighting at the end of this movie, you know? Yeah, because I even threw uh, speculation about the whole fighting trailer. Somebody said that's Venom punching the lizard. Mm. And I was like, don't do that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting. I'm not putting my money on that. But like I said, a, a post credit putting him in there as a teaser. That sounds like a fun idea. Yeah. 
yeah, but sure. not but then seeing where it goes from there because i mean i know he's going to do other uh i mean tom holland may not but i know that marvel and sony have a lot of story left for spider-man yeah as far as who's going to be taking the mantle forward i mean i'd love to see tom holland stay but i know you know money talks bullshit walks at this point in time well and i mean he, it just i mean you know if they continue to make good stories i can see it going for a while i mean they kept robert johnny jr around for for quite a long time you know now he is a so how long hugh jackman played wolverine yeah i mean i mean 20 uh, years worth you know uh, robert downey jr is a very seasoned actor he knows hollywood he knows how that shit goes i mean i, I can't say the same for tom holland i think he's a smart kid and he's got a good head on his shoulders but you know is he gonna is he gonna be that young guy that's got that mentality of i don't want to be pigeonholed as spider-man forever you know sure. you know robert downey jr has done plenty before iron man now it's like, yeah, I was Iron Man, but I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, but but because of Iron Man, he has a career because his career went to shit because yeah. of bad decisions. He had nothing. And the studio didn't even want him as Iron Man when John Farber wanted him. Now to you can't him. imagine another motherfucker in that role. Exactly. Only Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. could be him. The same thing goes with Captain America. Uh, the same thing with Hulk nowadays. Uh, I'm looking forward to the She-Hulk series. Yeah, we'll get some halt back and Moon Knight and all that stuff. I'm stoked where Marvel's going. So I just watched the first episode of Hawkeye. I'm enjoying it. One episode in, I'm going to go watch episode two as soon as we're done here. So I will be doing the same. I didn't finish all of episode one, so but I'm pretty happy with that so far. And my, that's a short one. We only get six episodes, I think. So I think it's what I read. Well, I think that's going to do it for Spider-Man talk tonight, and. uh you know, as if you couldn't tell, we are not excited about the new movie coming out. <laughs> There's a Spider-Man movie coming out next time. So, let us know what you thought about our takes about the Spider-Man, this and the Raimi trilogy. Let us know what you think about the Amazing Spider-Man movies, the the, the the new trilogy that's that's around. You know, give us our, your thoughts on all of that stuff. Leave comments for us. We'll definitely talk to you in the comments section. If you are listening to us for the first time, this was the VHS Files, and until the next time. Be kind. Rewind! Spider-Man, Spider-Man <laughs> Does whatever a Spider-Man does And he swings from a web You've been listening to the VHS Files Podcast. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and drop us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. It was fun. <laughs> Send your questions, comments, and movie suggestions to vhsfilespodcast at gmail.com. He's sick with fucks. He's seen one too many movies. Don't you blame the movies! Follow us on all social media outlets at vhsfilespodcast. Movies don't create psychos. Check out our YouTube channel for more content. Movies make psychos more creative. Thanks for listening.